Welcome to Season 4 of the Canon Podcast. My name is Alex. Journey with me as we explore the walking out of our faith and worship in the culture that we live in. Okay, let's do this. I spent my first 40 years with an inkling that there was something more. I didn't find it in money or career or people or even material possessions. I really felt like I'd spent 40 years walking away. No, it was much more like running away as fast as I could. It wasn't until I found the good news of the gospel in my early 40s that I realised that I wasn't seeking truth as much as I was seeking pleasure. Faith, finding me, has changed everything. I've got 40 years of catch-up. Journey with me as we dig deep into culture, faith and worship. Okay, let's go. The Canon Podcast is a work in progress. We're exploring and discerning how to best use this podcast medium to share the good news of Jesus and at the same time have something to say that helps us all to become better disciples. In this season of the canon, we're going to follow along as we walk with Jesus through the eyes of Matthew. Now, you can really help us out by tuning in and getting involved just by liking, sharing and leaving us a comment. Interacting with us in this way makes all all the difference in our ability to reach more people with the good news of the gospel. And of course, it's totally free. So go ahead and help us out. And today we're reading Matthew 4, uh, 12 to 22. So I just encourage you now, if you've got your Bible um, or a Bible app, um, then I'd encourage you to turn to it. I quite like reading from the English Standard Version. So just so that we're reading uh, the same words, it might be worth uh, pulling that up if you can, or if you're particularly on your phone. If you've got a, a physical Bible, that's okay. Join in. Uh, read along as best you can. Uh, Matthew chapter 4 and verse 12 to 22. Jesus begins his ministry. Now when he heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee and leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people dwelling in darkness have seen great light, and for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. And from that time Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent! For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father mending their nets, and he called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. It's a really curious passage in lots of ways, isn't it? Because here we have Jesus uh, literally calling out to some fishermen, hey, follow me, and they seem to pretty much dump everything and uh, and follow Jesus. And the question is really, what does it mean when you are called to do something? Who is calling you? What is the call on your life? And I was thinking to myself, what are the calls on my life? And I wonder whether another way of thinking about calls is demands. What are the demands on your life and who's making them? I think about 
you know, uh, demands at work. I think demands of family, of schools, uh, demands from government, particularly around uh, the current situation of coronavirus. There are all sorts of calls and demands on our lives. And the question is, do we have the discernment to work out who is calling us and is it an appropriate call and is it a call we should be heeding and listening to? And at the end of the day, who is calling us and what are we being called to do? And interestingly, whenever Jesus calls someone, in fact, whenever God calls someone, there is always a cost. Let's think about who God called. He's called Abraham. He called Jacob. He called Moses. He called Saul, Martha and Simon. He called these people by name and he calls us to come into a relationship with him. But it's not a demand as much as it is an invitation to come and follow him. An invitation to come and follow him. But what you might notice is that there is always a cost involved. So what is the cost of following God, of following Jesus, of becoming a Christian? Because if there's no cost, then um, I would argue that you're not following the God. You might be following a God with a little g. You may even be following something that the government is telling you to do. You may be following something that someone in your family is telling you to do. There are all sorts of calls and demands on our life. But what is the true cost of following God? So let's have a look at the passage in a little bit of detail and see what we can, uh, what we can learn from it. So again, I just encourage you to keep your scripture in front of you. So we're Matthew chapter 4. Um, uh, verse 12 and, and to 22. Um, there's some really interesting things in here, and I, I wonder whether um, you know some of the details that might help you to make sense of the passage. So, for example, right at the beginning of verse 12, Jesus heard that John had been put in prison. Of course, we're talking about John the Baptist, and we know his fate to come. Um, but it says that Jesus withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth, which of course was his uh, uh, hometown at that point, and he went to live in Capernaum. Now, do you know where Capernaum is? No. Well, I, I didn't know either, but I, uh, the magic of the internet, um, Capernaum is about 32 kilometers away from Nazareth. Okay, So 32 kilometers, that's a decent walk. If I had to walk 32 kilometers today, uh, I'd be, well, you know, arguably I wouldn't get there. <laughs> So um, it's, a, it's a certainly a decent walk, but 32 kilometers by the same token is not that far away. And Capernaum is at the top of the lake, and it says here, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali. So Jesus goes to the top of the Sea of Galilee. Now, there's lots of times in the Gospels where the Sea of Galilee is mentioned, isn't it? And why is this important? Well, think about who Jesus is going to call. Now, he's not going to be calling fishermen in the vineyards. So he's going up to the top of the Lake of Galilee uh, to, uh, to start his ministry and start his preaching. He says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near or has come near. So as Jesus is walking by the Sea of Galilee, he sees two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Now what is the significance of them being fishermen, I wonder? Well, they were making their living from the Sea of Galilee. They were making their living by catching and selling fish. Perhaps they would catch their fish and go to market. And there's a, there's a really interesting archaeological discovery. I don't know if you know this, but a first century fishing boat was actually pulled out of the mud from the Sea of Galilee. 
And so we get a really good idea from, uh, from, from that archaeological discovery, that wreck of the first century wooden fishing boat, which might have been exactly what Simon Peter was fishing in. And they would go out every day and this was their living. This was their living. This is how they made their bread and butter. So what's your job? Where do you get your income from? How do you get your sustenance? Where does your food come from? Are you perhaps working in a small business? Perhaps it's even a family business. Or perhaps at least you're working with other people or you've got clients or you're you're selling a product. But somewhere you're getting your income. So Jesus calls fishermen there on the Sea of Galilee within 32 kilometers of his hometown of Nazareth. Can you imagine someone walking up to you in your job and saying, hey, uh, come and follow me. And then you drop everything to follow him. And yet that's exactly what happens. There's something about this Jesus that causes these fishermen to literally drop what they are doing and to carry and to follow Jesus. For Jesus says, come follow me and I will send you out to fish for people. And at once they left their nets and followed him. It's interesting, isn't it? If I said to you, okay, you're going to leave your job today, um, I'm, I want you to follow me, um, it means you've got to just stop everything you do. You're not going to go back to your household. You're not going to uh, say goodbye to your children, perhaps. You're going to literally put your nets down and you're going to walk away to follow this person. So something must be something particularly special about Jesus for those men to do that. Now, of course, the, the story here is pretty scant. We don't get a lot of detail. But we do know that Jesus has already been preaching. We do know that Jesus has already been baptized uh, by John in the Jordan River. So Jesus' ministry has already begun. And we know that Jesus is a healer. So what could be drawing people to Jesus? What could be giving people an inkling that there's something magnetic, something supernatural perhaps about this person that's going to cause them to drop everything and follow him. And perhaps it was something, and I know some scholars think that it was the Jesus healing, healing people through his ministry that was the initial draw that showed not just that he was a great teacher or a great preacher, but that he had this power that was able to heal people who'd been ill. Now we take healing for granted. You know, we're in the time of coronavirus And we don't have a cure. We don't have a cure. Can you imagine what it was like 2,000 years ago? No modern medicine. And yet here comes this Jesus, baptized in the Jordan by John with his camel hair jodhpurs and eating locusts and wild honey. And Jesus comes out, blessed by God, and heals people throughout that region in a time where There's no medicine like we understand it today. And then Jesus walks from Nazareth. He goes to the top of the lake of the Sea of Galilee to Capernaum. And there he calls the fishermen. And I wonder whether they knew what the cost of following Jesus would be. They must have known what it meant to perhaps lose their income. Perhaps the effect that it had on the family business, which was undoubtedly fishing. But did they realize that in the next few years they would themselves lose their lives? That to follow Jesus 
the cost wasn't just a financial one. The cost was literally their lives. And did they know at that point? <laughs> I'd say no. It would be a hard task to uh, walk to if you knew that was coming. And yet Jesus says to us, he calls us, every one of us, and he says, come, pick up your cross and follow me. And if you're carrying a cross, where are you headed? Not headed anywhere good. And Jesus says, if you want to follow me, you must pick up your cross and follow me. So what is the cost of being a disciple of this Jesus? This Jesus who's healing people throughout the region. This Jesus who ultimately dies on that cross. That in the week and weeks leading up to his death predicts not only that he will die, but that he will rise on the third day. And then on the third day, he is vindicated in the resurrection. So this is the Jesus that we follow, but it's not without cost. So my challenge is, what would you be prepared to give up if it meant following Jesus? What would you give up if it meant following God to the ends of this earth, perhaps even to the ends of this life, in order to come into relationship with God in the life to come? It's a hard question, isn't it? Who is calling you and what are you being called to do? And what is the cost of that calling? In fact, a calling, you know, a lot of people think about calling as some kind of vocation. I'm called to do a particular job or a particular task. And I think there's certainly room for that within the Bible, isn't there? Pastor, uh, preacher, teacher, uh, all sorts of gifts that are given in terms of vocation. But I think Jesus calls all of us as followers of him, to count the cost and to pick up our cross and follow him. One of my favorite uh, apologists uh, in America, a fellow called Frank Turek, um, in the answer to the question, what is the meaning of life? What is the purpose in life? His answer is always to know God and to make him known. It's a pretty simple way of boiling down life's meaning and life's purpose. As a follower of the, God, of, of the God of the universe and his son Jesus and the Holy Spirit, he says, pick up your cross and follow me. And we are all as Christians called to do this, to make that sacrifice, to give our lives for God. A friend of mine, Pastor Rob McCoy, he's the uh, head pastor at Calvary Chapel, Thousand Oaks uh, in California. And he's, he said a few things that really got me thinking and his church is pushing back very strongly against uh, some of the some some of the orders that are coming down and the inconsistencies of them particularly in California and I heard him say the other day that there is nothing that you can do to me that I haven't already given to Christ I am dead to you and I'm alive in Christ there is nothing that you can take away that I haven't already sacrificed to God. So what are you prepared to pay to follow the creator of the universe? Jesus goes on a little further and he meets two more brothers. James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They're in a boat with their father Zebedee. So they're going to be pretty close by. Have you ever been to a fishing village and you got... <laughs> I'm, thinking, I'm thinking of barley for some reason, you know... You've seen the pictures of Bali, you know, white sand or maybe black sand or maybe just rocks. <laughs> and you get these funny fishing boats all lined up in a row. So perhaps here we've got uh, Simon Peter and his brother Andrew in one boat and maybe the next boat along 
other, other Zebedee brothers. Because <laughs> I imagine they're pretty close. And what does Jesus say? He says, uh, come and follow me. He calls them and immediately they left their boat. They dropped their nets. They left their father and they followed Jesus. Did they know what they were getting themselves into? No. Did they go willingly? Yes. Was there a cost to their following Jesus right then and there? Yes. And yet, they did it anyway. They did not see the pain that was to come, but they most certainly saw the glory that was in the next life and the life to come. So what's the call on your life? What is Jesus demanding of you? And are you prepared to do it? Are you prepared to do it? It's an interesting question. It's a challenging question. I'm thinking right now that that's a challenge for me. What am I prepared to give up to follow Jesus? What is the cost we would count to pick up our cross? To know God and to make him known. Because in Matthew 28, 16 to 20, he says, Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So I think our calling is, Jesus is calling on our lives. He's saying, lay your life down. Come to me with everything you have. Drop your fishing nets. And I wonder what your fishing nets are. There'll be something at work that is the equivalent of the tools that you use, the tools of the trade. Perhaps it's some status. Perhaps it's financial. Perhaps there's family. It's such a challenging question. And yet he says, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. In Mark 16, he says, go into all the world and to preach the gospel to all of creation. So I think Jesus puts a call on our lives. And it doesn't matter whether we're grown-ups or whether we're children. God calls to us. Sometimes in the quietness, when we allow ourselves to push out the busyness of the day, we can hear God calling to us. I believe he calls us through his word in Scripture. I believe he calls to us through people that come in and out of our lives. And I believe that he calls directly to us in the quiet times within our hearts. So what does Jesus call in your life? To know God, to know him, and to make him known. Regardless of what that cost. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Canon Podcast. We look forward to speaking with you again next time. Until then, God bless you and bye for now.